arrived on the camp thinking, here am I doing the nice things for these poor little disabled children, and it was nothing of the sort. I got that knocked out of me in five minutes. Kay Morgan Gurr was 14 when she started working with disabled children at a Christian camp. When the camp was over, it was then time to help the children find a church near their home. What Kay saw really bothered her. At 14, I could see children becoming Christians and us not being able to get them into churches. And where we did, they were patronised. We were questioned on whether they were allowed to take communion. And I could just see the church needed a big education when it came to disability. Kay would come to realise that she was perfectly positioned to help educate the church, especially after she was diagnosed with a disability herself. Today, we're taking you across the pond to England to hear Kay's story. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Michael Sherbet. You're listening to the fourth episode in our five-part series, More Than Our Abilities. This series is part of GPS, God, People, Stories, an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I find that many people don't know the answer to the question, where did I come from? Where am I going? We're searching for something that will give us meaning to our lives. That was Billy Graham, and we'll hear more from him later on. First, we want to let you know that there is a safe place to ask spiritual questions whenever you have them, and also explore what the Christian faith can mean in your life. The website is findpeacewithgod.net. You'll also have the opportunity to chat with one of our trained volunteers in real time. Again, that's findpeacewithgod.net. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to GPS on your favorite podcasting app. Just search the full name, GPS, God, People, Stories, so you won't miss out on new episodes. GPS, God, People, Stories. I am disabled, but it wasn't actually diagnosed until I was 19, so I was struggling a lot with the things that come with that disability. Kay Morgan Gurr described her childhood like this. Quite difficult, for many reasons. Home life was a struggle, even long before she was diagnosed with a disability. The fact I'm adopted, interesting circumstances around that adoption, but adopted into a family where mum had uh, very distinct difficulties with her mental health and a dad that was in the room, but not really present on anything to do with my childhood. So quite a rocky road growing up. Even though Kay experienced dysfunction within her family as she grew up in England, her parents did manage to take her and her brother to church. My parents did actually go to church, having said what I said. Became a Christian when I was about seven, but it was because this amazing lady that led our girls' club, a midweek group for for girls, and every week she would go through what it means to be a Christian and what you needed to do. By the way, if you aren't familiar with what it means to become a Christian and how to do that, we have a step-by-step guide on the website we mentioned earlier, findpeacewithgod.net. Jesus is just a prayer away, which is something Kay would find out when she was a little girl. Well, in Kay's case, it was a prayer and a boring sermon away. She was on vacation, or as they say in England, on holiday. But her parents, they insisted they still go to church. Me thinking, I'm on holiday, why have I got to go to church? (laughs) I I was not happy. (laughs) So I got dragged along to church, and it was so boring. So I just sat there thinking about what Mrs. Roberts, my teacher, had said to me about becoming a Christian and thinking, actually, I want that. And actually giving my life to Jesus at that point. And 
Well, I say it's a good example of a boring sermon being absolutely brilliant <laughs> because I became a Christian at that point. A few years later, as a teenager, Kay had some early experiences with people who have special needs, a term we use often here in the States. Which is a good time to point out that Kay and many of our friends in the United Kingdom prefer the term additional needs. Kay also prefers to say disabled people, while most of the people we've been hearing from in this podcast series say people with disabilities. There are good reasons behind each of those preferences, and we encourage you to read up on them. But since this is Kay's story we're telling, we will use her preferred terminology. She was 14 when she first helped out at a Christian camp for disabled children. Arrived on the camp thinking, here am I doing the nice things for these poor little disabled children. And it was nothing of the sort. I got that knocked out of me in five minutes. Kay worked one-on-one -on -one with a young woman her age named JT. As Kay got to know JT and get a glimpse into her life and the experiences of many of the other children, she discovered a lot of churches had no idea how to include disabled people in a meaningful and dignified way. At 14, I could see children becoming Christians and us not being able to get them into churches. And where we did, they were patronised. We were questioned on whether they were allowed to take communion. And I could just see the church needed a big education when it came to disability. God had planted a seed. That seed grew as Kay returned to the camp year after year. Then, when she was 19, Kay was diagnosed with her own disability. It's a nice long name, myofascial pain syndrome. It's so complicated. I, I don't want to bore listeners with the actual details of it, but it will affect all of my joints anywhere that there's a muscle that attaches to something else. So it can affect anything from my toes to my eyes. Later on came another diagnosis, fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia added on top of that means that the bits of the muscles that shouldn't hurt do because fibromyalgia attacks the other parts of the muscles and, and lots of other things. Um, gives me double vision, all sorts of lovely things and constant pain. Kay can walk, but not very far. She uses a wheelchair to get around. In addition to the pain she endures, the vision impairment she mentioned makes reading and writing difficult. On that last point, let's just think about the typical Sunday worship service for a moment. There is usually a lot of standing, maybe some kneeling, and often a lot of reading. In some cases, reading from hymnals or looking at screens from a far distance or reading bulletins with tiny print. Mm -hmm. And those are just a few of the issues that Kay and other disabled churchgoers might encounter that prevent them from being fully engaged in a worship service. Church leaders often say to me, what do we have to do? There's a ramp. We've got an accessible toilet. What else do we have to do? I say, that's great. I can get up the ramp, but I can't get any further into the church because of everything that's in the way. You know, it's, it's not just the ramp. It's what awaits you at the top of the ramp. You know, it's actually looking at your church from different perspectives. So I often talk about, you know, if you have that big screen with words up on the screen for worship and that sort of thing, you know, is it readable? In the first episode of this series, we heard some accounts from families who walked out of church heartbroken after being excluded in all kinds of different ways. One church said their brand new building would be a blessing to everyone, but a family that was part of that church showed up to find that a long set of concrete stairs now stood between their young son who was in a wheelchair and the children's ministry. Another family was sent out of the sanctuary and into a small, dark room reserved for disabled people of all ages. 
They were isolated from the rest of the congregation, making them feel like a blemish that the church was trying to hide. And yet another family was told their daughter couldn't attend vacation Bible school because she had Down syndrome. The family couldn't help but think of what Jesus had said, let the little children come to me. This church was saying otherwise. Kay has experienced situations just like those and many more. So I had a little bit of a rant at God about this. You know, this is just me sort of saying, God, this isn't fair. Years ago, as Kay poured out her frustrations in prayer, she sensed God showing her that she could play a role in welcoming people with additional needs into the family of God. So from that point, I uh, decided I wanted to be a nurse that specialised in kids with additional needs and disabilities, uh, so became a nurse. Kay attended a nursing college and specialised in pediatrics. She got a job working in a hospital with children, which was a struggle for her physically as her own disabilities became tougher to manage. And then came the call when I was at this event that said, we need children's evangelists with experience in additional needs. The event is called Spring Harvest, and it still draws a big crowd from churches across the UK each year. Kay remembers being there a couple of decades ago and hearing a call for 2,000 more children's evangelists by the year 2000. With a large proportion of those people having experience in children with, and at that time, what we called special needs, now additional needs. And I just thought, that's me. <laughs> you know, you, you're working in uh, the Sunday school and the children's work and uh, enjoying it. But having this passion with no outlet, you know, because I'd been nursing for a while, my disability had started to show itself and just not knowing what to do with it. Because at that time, if you were disabled, there is no way anybody would say you could be in ministry. Kay saw an opportunity to combine her nursing skills and background in additional needs with her passion for sharing the gospel. She started out as an intern at an organization called Scripture Union, working in the children's ministry and writing the group's policy for people with additional needs spent quite a long time almost working two separate ministries and I wanted them to be the same. You know, additional needs should not be segregated over the other side of the room. If you're working with children, you're working with all children. It eventually got to the point where I was working full, full, two full-time jobs, children's work, disability and additional needs, and just sort of said to God, you know, is now the time? <laughs> and he said, yes. So it's only a year and a half since I've been working totally and completely in the area of additional needs and disability. But instead of just children, I'm working with all age groups. This is a good time to mention that Kay has a partner in ministry and a partner in life. That would be her husband, Steve. They have been married almost 27 years, but it initially took some convincing for Kay to give him a chance at all. You see, Kay had been good friends with Steve and his wife, Jill, for many years. When Jill died in a car crash, Steve lost his partner and Kay lost a close friend. As time passed, it didn't occur to Kay that she and Steve could make a good match. But after a while, Steve actually noticed that we had so much in common, similar gifting, we're in the same church, and he wrote me a letter and asked me what I thought about that. And I must admit, I was really rude and I told him to bog off. But after Steve helped out with a particularly challenging youth ministry assignment, Kay started to wonder if she could give him a chance after all. I was just thinking, maybe God has got a plan in this. I'll pray about it. And it actually got to the point where I had to ask God to stop because it made it so clear that this was a good plan. 
So we started going out together in the April and we were married by the next February. These days, Steve supports Kay's ministry work, which includes speaking, writing, blogging on her website, The Pondering Platypus, and working alongside a plethora of organizations and ministries, including the Additional Needs Alliance, which she co-founded. One of Kay's specialties is helping churches and other groups to include and emphasize people with additional needs, who, by the way, make up the largest unreached people group in the world when it comes to hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. A lot of my work is encouraging churches to be more welcoming, to know the language, to actually realise that not every disabled person wants healing. <laughs> a lot of us don't feel our disability is a tragedy. <laughs> that, that really flummoxes a lot of churches that we actually don't feel it's a tragedy to be disabled. And also saying, you know, you need to mentor disabled people into leadership and ministry as well. When it comes to children's ministry, Kay wants to help little ones experience God's love and put their faith into action. Sometimes that means thinking outside the box and trading worksheets for Lego pieces, because as Kay has experienced herself, reading and writing is not an option for everyone. For our lockdown season here in the UK, I did a lot of thankful prayers because, you know, being thankful does help you a lot when life is really, really tough. So we did lots of thankful gratitude prayers and we used Lego. So, you know, what are you most thankful for? I love flowers and butterflies. So I just used little bits of Lego on a Lego board to make a picture of a flower and a butterfly as my example. But you could build it as well as you would normally use Lego. If that's not something you can do, how about making a mosaic and using the colours saying, right, I'm going to pray about things that are blue. Say thank you to God for blue things. You know, it's a beautiful sky outside or green with the grass or anything like that. There are a hundred different ways to help children pray and learn. And I always say, change it, work on it, make it better, whatever you want to do to make this work for your child, as long as it puts them into that prayer. And it's also helping them to create a holy habit of prayer and learning about God. One of Kay's favorite stories is about a little boy who came to a weekend church event with some preconceived notions about God. This 10-year-old came bouncing in and said, I'm autistic and God doesn't like me because I'm different. Kay encouraged him to stay and participate. When it was time to think about what they had learned that day, she asked the children to draw whatever they thought God was trying to say to them. If you don't hear anything or you don't think there was anything, that's fine. Just have fun doodling. Uh, God will speak to you at some point, but it just might not be now. And he sort of looked at me and said... Well, he's not going to talk to me, is he? He doesn't get me. This little boy happened to love cars. So naturally, he drew a picture of one, the back of a car specifically. And the writing on the license plate looked a lot like the words Psalm 139. Taking a chance, Kay asked if they could read it together. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. That's Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. And he just sat there for a moment. I thought he's either going to get very cross or dismiss it or go, hmm, that's interesting. But he ended up just going, so God gets my brain. <laughs> and when his parents came to pick him up, he flung himself at them, screaming that God gets my brain because he made it. This is amazing. <laughs> 
you know, people that say that people with autism don't get God because it's a concept that's a step too far. That's not the same for every person with autism. Everybody's different. You know, we have this fixed idea, but he just proved that God can speak no matter of ability, anything, you know. (laughs) Whether it's a little boy realizing God gets him because God made him or a disabled adult experiencing the joy of full participation among others in the church. Kay has a front row seat to see what God is doing through this often overlooked part of the church. She says the church has come a long way, but there's still plenty of work to be done. I want to see children with additional needs growing up knowing that they can serve God too. Kay Morgenger is compelled to love others because she knows God loves her. If you want to know more about God's love for you, a good place to start is findpeacewithgod.net. Again, that's findpeacewithgod.net. We are about to hear a quick word from Billy Graham. And then Kay will be back with a little advice for anyone who may be thinking about becoming an advocate for people with additional needs and disabilities, particularly if they're thinking about becoming an advocate at their church. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I find that many people don't know the answer to the question, where did I come from? Where am I going? Billy Graham. We're searching for something that will give us meaning to our lives. The Bible is the one book in the world that tells you the answer to the problems that you face and the purpose of your life. Jesus said you must be born again. I want to ask you today, would you like to be born again? Would you like to know where you're going and have permanent peace and joy and happiness in your heart right now at this minute? How do you do it? By faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Receive him as your savior by faith. You know, circumstances happen in our life and very rarely do they look at the clock before they happen. You might need prayer any time of day. Know that we are here for you. We have a 24-hour prayer line. You can call a real person, talk with them, and pray with them. The number is 855-255-PRAY. That's 855-255-PRAY. On this episode, we've been hearing from Kay Morgan Gurr, who spends a lot of time helping churches to be more welcoming and inclusive of all people. Maybe you've been thinking about ways your church could be more welcoming. If you're ready to take action, Kay has some advice. I would say grow a thick skin, but not so thick that you don't let the love in or out. (laughs) So you have to get used to people rebuffing your, why do you want to do that? Why should we change everything for one person? But I'd say most of all, make sure you know what your vision in this is. This isn't about doing nice things for the people that use wheelchairs or the children that can't settle. This is being God's mouthpiece to a whole load of people that have been treated badly by the church. You need your vision. You need to know that God has called you to it and you need his armory to actually do it. We want to thank Kay Morgan Gurr for sharing her story with us from the other side of the ocean. And we hope you'll listen in next week for the fifth and final installment in our series, More Than Our Abilities. Make sure you subscribe to GPS on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss it or any future episodes. I'm Michael Sherbet. And I'm Jim Kirkland. This is GPS God People Stories, an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Good news.